Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It It Just just Makes Sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week, I can kick back and relax. Play on your phone. Yep. Because it's Jeffrey's turn. I know, y'all. It's been a while since you've heard the soothing, dulcet tones of my voice narrating. <gasps> Do you listen to just the gist? No. Every um, podcast they start, the one, the girl podcaster goes, take it away, my dulcet tone Adonis. Really? Yeah. I want you to refer to me as that from now on. Well, I can't do it on the podcast because that would be copyright infringement to just the gist. But I'll call you that in public. All right. I'll take any kind of Adonis. Thank you. I think the next time you're at Starbucks, you should list your name as Dulcetone Adonis. (laughs) And then when they announce it, see what happens. All right. Works for me. Most people think uh, when I say my name, I say Jack. Really? Yeah, I get that all the time. Really? Starbucks, restaurant. I don't know. I I... People have a hard time hearing my voice for some reason. I get, like, they usually do fine with Sam, but for some reason when I'm on the phone and I say my name is Samantha, everyone always goes, Amanda. I'm <laughs> like, that's my sister, but no. <laughs> that's Samantha. Funny. So this week, y'all, we're talking about the murder of Reva Steenkamp. You know who that is? Unfortunately. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she was murdered. By the infamous Blade Runner, Paralympic and Olympic champion, (gasps) Oscar Pistorius. Blade Runner. Most of this information comes from two documentaries from the BBC Three and Real Truth Crime. What's BBC Three? BBC. Oh. British Broadcasting. (laughs) Yes, I know what that is. Okay. But before we get into the heinous crime slash tragedy, let's start at the beginning with who Oscar Pistorius is. Hit me with it. So for those of our dear listeners who aren't familiar with him, Oscar Pistorius is a disabled Olympic sprinter from South Africa. Oscar had both of his feet amputated at the age of 11 months. He was born without calf bones, (gasps) a rare birth defect known as fibular hemimelia. Just six months later, he was taught to walk on fiberglass pegs. Isn't that kind of wild? So it's like a but, year and a half. So they had to get rid of his legs, or was it at the knee? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I thought you meant they just got rid of his feet, and I'm like, but then how? If he doesn't have calf bones, it didn't make sense. But yeah. I get it at the knee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How sad. Seriously, Oscar was one of the best disabled sprinters in Olympic Paralympic history. He won seven gold medals, one silver, and one bronze at the Paralympic Games over his career. In 2012, at the Summer Olympic Games in London, he became only the 11th athlete and first double amputee to compete in both the Paralympic and Olympic Games, earning him the nickname, The Fastest Man on No Legs. I feel like that's a rude nickname, but okay. I don't think people would... uh, Take kindly to that. Yeah, right? I don't, like, think that one, okay. I, I don't think that one holds up very no. well. <laughs> so even before the murder, he was no stranger to controversy. In 2007, he was barred from competing in international competitions due to the International Association of Athletics Federation setting new rules for prostheses for an unfair competitive advantage. The IAAF amended its competition rules to include a ban on the use of any technical device 
that incorporates springs, wheels, or any other element that provides a user with an advantage over another athlete not using such a device. Is this the same in Paralympics too? So this, so this IAAF um, is the governing body over the Paralympics and Olympics. Interesting. So they set the international standards for international competition. Got it. So like even if they're if they're all competing with some form of prosthesis legs, they all have to be like the same type. Well, not necessarily the same type, but it can't have springs. springs. That's they, what I mean. Like it has to be yeah. regulated of what they can yeah, use. Yeah. So they were saying like the ones that he used had like an extra bounce to them. So that's why like, all right. his were bad. I could see why that's like... But they, Unfair. the IAF stated that the amendment was not specifically aimed at his in particular. Which oh, okay. Everyone kind of thought was bullshit. Yeah. So, but so it was ruled that his that with his current prosthesis, it gave him an unfair advantage because they bounced more than other traditional prosthetic limbs, which made sense at the time. Researchers studied his use of the prosthesis. They claimed that he used less energy in the amount of his legs that he had compared to traditional runners. I feel like that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Because, I mean... How can you prove that, though? And also, like, if, if he doesn't have the structure that traditional runners have... Right. Like, wouldn't that mean he used more? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, in 2008, Pistorius appealed the decision to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And guess what? He won. He won. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. The court noted that the first decision did not adequately take into account the disadvantage he had and that it was much harder for him to push to accelerate. This ruling allowed him to take part in international competition again, but sadly he did not qualify for the Olympics until 2012, the next cycle. But anywho, enough about sports. We're here for the murder. I know. Like, I'm over the sports talk. After competing in the Olympics. But, like, wait. How? Like, don't you think if you were ever competing in the Olympics and you made it onto the podium and they start playing your national anthem, would you just start sobbing? Yes. A hundred percent I would. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I were to be in the Olympics, what would I be in the Olympics for? Duh. Yeah, but I don't think I'd, like, I've never been that good. Well, okay, what else are you going to be in it for? Like, I think I could get in the Olympics, like, if I tried hard enough, I could be a shot putter. I cannot. Mm-mm. No? No, not you, me. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be what I would go for. I think. Maybe the long jump? Maybe synchronized <laughs> swimming. Good one. You know? Or well, like rhythm gymnastics, because <laughs> like I, there's nothing else that I think I could compete in. Yeah, is there walking? <laughs> there's def- there is speed right? walking. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. You could do that. Or like bobsled. I think I'd be good at bobsled. It actually takes a lot of. I don't know if I could get my body in the thing. And that's what I'm worried. Yeah, about. I'd for sure get stuck. And we got some hips over here so right it might hit the side you want to know what though actually I take it all back what? i think i'd be i could do skiing i'm oh. pretty good skier not me i only skied once i'd be scared and by like pretty good i mean i can get down the hill so like <laughs> so you definitely could do it for some reason anytime i ski we'll get back to the script eventually <laughs> for some reason anytime i ski in my head like 
I think I am an Olympic skier. So like I, I never think I'm going to fall. So like I just bomb the hills and like go over jumps or whatever. Cause I'm like, whatever, what's the worst thing that could happen? It's not going to hurt. You could die. I know, but in that's my head, that literally never crossed my mind, which is bizarre because I think the worst about everything else. Well, and good. I'm just that's like, that's probably why you're a good skier then. Because I just don't care. I just no go. Fear. That's why kids are good. They have no fear. Yeah. And I have pretty good balance. Hmm. So I don't fall that much skiing. Impressive. Thank you. Continue. Okay. After competing in the Olympics in 2012, Oscar Pistorius was a national hero. He paled around with the celebrities. What country is he from? South Africa. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Drove fast cars, and he took up an interest in guns. Okay. In South Africa, it's required to take out a license, so he took out several. He took out a license for several new guns shortly be- before he met his soon-to-be girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. What kind of name is that? In 2012, <laughs> Pistorius had been noticing the South African model Reva Ste- Steenkamp from afar. In November of that same year. Oscar asked Reva to accompany him to a red carpet event. It would be their first date. Could you a imagine? A red carpet event? Yeah. No, thank you. Could you imagine? Well, maybe because she's a model, model, so like she's used to it. I'm looking up what she looks like right now. She's hot. Tall, blonde. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's pretty. Oh, wait. Go forward. Um, but that would be a little off-putting. Right. Right. So the, go- the two would go on to start a relationship. That was mostly smooth, actually, until murder. <laughs> so the only known exception leading up to the day in question was where Oscar was alleged to have been one night driving like a madman with Reva in the car. During a high-speed ride through the city, Reva called her mother while in the car. June Steenkamp relates, she demanded to speak to Oscar, and she said if he hurt her baby, she would off him. A sad, sad irony. So, but there was no other, at least that we know of, reports or signs of abuse that was happening? No, because okay. it, it, they really were only together for like three months. Oh, really? It's, it's wild how quickly oh, this wow. happened. So after three months of dating on February 14th, 2013, Valentine's Day, <gasps> Pistorius shot and killed his model girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. He's never disputed that he was the one that pulled the trigger, killing the South African beauty. He, however, claimed he mistook her for an intruder hiding in his bathroom. I don't believe it. The police claim it was premeditated murder. I just don't understand. So this is, I guess we can get into it later on more, but this is my whole theory why I don't think it was premeditated is they were together for three months. He had, she had no claim to anything of his. They weren't married. So? She wasn't pregnant. So? Why would he need to kill her? Because he's a psychopath. Because he's mad. F- over what? He had no... He's was, jealous. I don't think so. I don't know. It just... It seemed bizarre to me. I just don't think there was any motive. Interesting. Continue. Because I don't believe anything you're saying right now. So on March 3rd, 2014, <laughs> my mom's birthday, he went on trial for murder. Oh my God. He was charged for with first degree or premeditated murder and a lesser charge of second degree culpable murder. The night of the murder, there was a surveillance camera video of Steenkamp arriving at Pistorius Complex Gate, and not long before, Pistorius can be seen arriving as well. They arrive separately. Okay. According to Pistorius, the couple had dinner, he took off his prosthetic legs, and he got into bed. 
Riva, you routinely did yoga before bed. So now I'm starting to be like, okay, three months and there's like this routine of her doing yoga at his house before they'd go to bed. Like, I don't know. This all seemed real weird to me that it's super quick, but whatever. I mean, I feel like three months you can get into a routine like that. You do? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in a routine like that in three months. Oh, I have 100% with Hmm. more than one person. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Like not where it's like I'm moving in, but like, oh, I know your routine before you go to bed. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that's weird. I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So first on the stand during the trial was Michelle Berger, a neighbor. She said she was woken up by the shouts of a woman's screams. (gasps) She testified she heard screams, then four gunshots from approximately 300 meters away. Now, in one of the documentaries, they do multiple tests to see if the claims made at trial were plausible. Two attorneys sought out to test this theory. Based on assumed audible levels in a similar housing complex, sound could be only heard from 50 meters away. So did she really hear Reva? Or was it Oscar? Did she hear them at all? Were there gunshots? Or was it something else? Hmm. The prosecution alleged that if neighbors heard a woman screaming, there's no way he could have thought it was an intruder. Right. Did anyone call the police, though, once they heard a woman screaming? No. Wow. Is that shocking? I feel like Interesting. That's, I think that's pretty standard. I know. I'm just saying. No one calls the police. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I think it depends. Like we've talked about it before. Yeah, I think it would types, depend. Yeah, the yeah. Scream. yeah, I agree. A ballistics expert said four shots were fired into the bathroom door. The first shot hit her in the hip, one in the chest, one in the finger, and then one in the head. Pistorius said he did not realize it was Riva behind the door. During the trial, it's customary to read the coroner's report about a crime. Because this was a rather brutal murder, the judge ordered the coroner's report not to be read to the media. During the reading, Pistorius was visibly shaken, crying, and vomiting in the courtroom while the report was Okay. Vomiting. Can you you cause yourself to puke? I guess. I could probably puke on demand. I have a really good story for chit-chat about puke after this. Remind me. I couldn't do it without sticking my fingers down my throat. Oh, I can. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't just make myself. Now, also, what? I need to know more because I feel like if I thought an intruder was coming into the home, wouldn't you look for, like, look in the bed next to you to see, like, oh my God, where's Cameron? That's a point further later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, that's a point further than Yeah. Continue. So, another theory about the case the prosecutors used was the claim that the relationship between Steenkamp and Pistorius was not as wonderful as it seemed. Two witnesses testified that they had heard arguing from Pistorius' home the evening before the shooting. The crucial piece of evidence for the prosecution... And you know about what? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Like, he didn't admit to them arguing, and they didn't play any interviews with him, so I don't, I don't know. I'm Interesting. Sorry. Continue. So the crucial piece of evidence for the prosecution was a text exchange initiated by Steenkamp. The smoking gun for them, if you will, read... We are living in a double standard relationship where you can be mad about how I deal with stuff. Then you are very quick to act cold. You do everything to throw tantrums in front of people. I've been upset by you for two days now. I'm scared of you sometimes and how you snap at me and how you react to me. 
I mean, I think that last line is pretty damning. Right. Like to say that she was scared. Scare- of that's him? what I mean to say. Like, I'm scared of yeah. you. Not like, you know, you upset me when right. you snapped at me. Like to say, I'm scared, scared of, of you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So then next, the defense took their turn to refute the prosecution's allegations. They started to fight back with a CCTV video of Reva and Oscar before being affectionate in a grocery store. They showed this as proof that the two were in love and she was not, in fact, scared of Oscar. Lies. Which, I mean, whatever. If you're in an abusive relationship. You still have moments that are good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you they like people do things to keep the other person happy. Right. So I didn't really. Right. But I guess I understand why they would do it. So on April 7th, a month into the trial, Pistori- Pistorius took the stand. He started with. Stop an, it. He did. Yeah. Wow. So in in South Africa, I think I say this later, but they don't have jury trials. Oh, really? So it's judge. judge. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Right. Right. So anywho, he started with an apology to Reva's parents. He claimed that he was trying to protect her and that their relationship was only getting stronger. The defense fired back using more text to support the idea that they were in love. Reva sent, it's okay to argue about the things we argue about. At least it's not fundamental values. Oscar replied, XX or kiss kiss. You're right, my angel, kiss kiss. The judge rules that the text had no bearing on the case, which I don't know how they could say that those had no bearing. And then the, and the other, other ones, ones did. Do. Yeah, I agree. But you I also can't pick and choose. Right. But I also don't think that those texts really prove that. Anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, we know that people can say things and do right. do another, right? Right. So Oscar testified that around 8 o'clock, the couple went to bed. He had taken off his prosthetic legs, as we said before, woke up in the early hours of the morning, and briefly chatted with Reva. He grabbed some fans off of a balcony and then returned to bed and went back to sleep. He claimed to be awoken hearing a bathroom window open. He grabbed his gun, shouted for Reva to get on the floor, claiming that he could not see whether or not she was in bed. I mean, why didn't he just feel? That's what I mean. Or like, wait till she responded. Like, it's just weird to me. Like, I feel like the first thing I would do if someone were to break in, like, I would look for Cameron or be like, where are you? Yeah. Did they take him? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He fired four shots into the bathroom door, like we said before, and he went back into the bedroom where he realized finally it might be Reva in the toilet. Stop it. He put his prosthetic legs on, and when he broke down the toilet door with a cricket bat, started wailing and screaming out for Reva. Now, one of the things in question was whether the angle of the shots supported the claim that he was on his amputated legs. Uh. The prosecution believed that the angle supported that he had already put his prosthetics on and that this idea was therefore premeditated. Right. The prosecutor challenged Pistorius that he should have known it was her, that he should have felt in the bed. Right. He should have even felt her get out of bed, which... I don't know about that. Yeah, or nay, because if you're a deep sleeper... I never... Okay, literally, Cameron gets up and like... Gets into bed all the time while I'm sleeping and I never move. Yeah, that's crazy because, like, I'm a light sleeper, so I understand the point that they're making, but I know people sleep like logs and I sleep like a log. Don't feel that. Yeah. So Oscar also claimed that she never responded when he yelled out for her. So why didn't he call the police? 
When, if you thought someone was breaking in, why yeah, wouldn't like, you do that? it's just so strange to me. Right. So the defense called several neighbors that testified they only heard a male voice screaming and crying, which I think it's possible that you could find people, depending on how, where right, the complex exactly. is, that only heard each part. Yeah. So they also called a sound expert that testified that any neighbor could not have heard her scream oh. from inside the bathroom with the door closed from as far away, as the neighbor said, as 300 meters. This was similar to what the investigators tested on the documentary. So right. the, like, it was very similar. The last defense witness that was called was a sports psychologist, which I also, this kind of blew my mind. It's like they ruled those texts irrelevant and then this. So they testified that Pistorius suffered from PTSD related to his disability. He said that Oscar felt vulnerable from his disability and often felt anxious. The defense surmised that because he felt vulnerable, his instinct was to protect himself from an intruder, but not to protect his girlfriend. That's what I mean. Like, I don't. It's so it's confusing to me. to me that he wouldn't think to like. Like, I guess if you're having an episode, like you're having a panic attack, maybe you don't think about anything but yourself. And I guess like, okay, honestly, think about it. You are a man who, if you were a man who was amputated from the knee down, you don't have your legs on, you really think someone broke into your house, you might go into a panic. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So in an interview with the BBC, June Steenkamp, Reva's mother, said she had no ill feelings towards Pistorius. That even if better woman than I. uh, Exactly. (laughs) Even if it was a terrible mistake, he must live with what he did. Like way better person. Way better person because I would hiss. Like I would say those same lines, but I would be like, and now you have to live with what you did. Like not like you know what I mean. <laughs> I'd be like, I Every day of your forever. goddamn Every life. Every day of your goddamn life. <laughs> not like, oh, this poor man. Now he has to deal with it. I'd be like, yeah, good. Deal with that. Deal with that. <laughs> so on September 12th, 2014, the day after Taliba's birthday. <laughs> These dates are so significant. I know, I know. 193 days into the trial and 574 days since Reva Steenkamp had been murdered, the judge had a verdict. Like I said, South Africa does not have a jury system. Side note, it was abolished in the 1960s due to fears of racism of white people convicting black South Africans based solely on skin color. What do you think they found? Guilty. Guilty of what? First degree murder or the lesser charge? Lesser charge. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Because Oscar- they, I bet they could improve premeditation. Yeah. Oscar Pistorius was found not guilty of first degree murder, but guilty of second degree culpable homicide or manslaughter in the U.S. System. I mean, I guess you really can't prove premeditation. No, I know. You, really you know, can't. you really can't. And it like it's and it really like the people that were talking in the documentary said, what is the motive? Yeah. Even if it was, I guess, extreme jealousy? Like, the even... That That's what I heard. Like, like, I thought I had heard that. Like, that he was, he was jealous. super jealous. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she was texting with an ex-boyfriend or something, and he lost his mind. Mm. Like, that's what she was doing in the bathroom. That's what I heard. Mm. I <laughs> By who? I don't know. <laughs> TikTok. I know, right? So, what I found extremely interesting about this case was that the judge read back why she decided the way that she did. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. She said the prosecution's case was extremely circumstantial, that he was negligent but not a murderer. He called the cops, security, 
a friend, and he even tried to resuscitate her. She could not find him guilty of murder, but he was seen as negligent because he fired into the door knowing that there was very little room inside for the person to move and that whoever it was would likely be killed by the shots. And like also, okay, someone broke into your home. You're just, I guess, you have the right to shoot them, but like you're just going to murder someone no matter what? Yeah, I mean, depending on, like, I guess, you, I don't exactly know South African law, but right. you think about it in the United States, you can just you shoot can, people, that's what right? I mean, yeah. So, uh, who, I guess, would be... Your castle even, doctrine. Yeah. So, after the case, June and Bill Steenkamp changed their initial feelings. Oh, here we go! They believed the sentence was incorrect, and that he should have known better and do not believe his story. Interesting. They are shocked the judge could <gasps> think it was an accident. Again, though, they said they harbored no ill will. Right. My thing is they act like it seemed like an accident. So right. how could they be shocked that the judge felt that way if that's what they were portraying in court? Right, right. Um, they, however, did want to speak with Oscar Pistorius. And really? to this day, they haven't. <gasps> um, they are extremely saddened and don't believe she received justice. So what do you think? Wait, I have updates. You do? Mm-hmm. On July 2nd of 2022. Really? Like he that? He met with the murdered parent. No shit. Riva Steenkamp. I didn't see that in my research. Oh Look my at God. you getting with the research Thank you. team. I know. So he met with the father. Okay. Um. Let's see what happened. Confirming the meeting in a text message. They met face to face on the 22nd of June as part of a process in South Africa called Victim Offender Dialogue. So, um, but it's the di- the co- dialogue is private and a confidential matter. Hence, we ask that our client's privacy be respected. Lame. And that's about it. So they met, but who knows what they wow. talked about. Well, Pretty. it says offenders must serve at least half their sentence before becoming eligible for parole, but Pistorius must still attend a hearing which had been which had previously been canceled because he had not met with Mr. Miss Dean Kemp's parents. Oh, so he is still in jail. I thought he was mm-hmm. out already. So uh, he met with Mrs. Dean Kemp's father. He'll continue to serve his sentence as normal and that participating in the victim offender dialogue process does not equate to the end of a sentence or automatic parole. Got it. Interesting. I wonder what they talked about. I'm I'm really torn. I... I need to know more. I feel like there was more about like him being super jealous and she was like doing something. To cause it. But I don't know, man. I just find it weird that he didn't take a second to see where she was. Well, I mean, if he's having an episode of PTSD. Yeah. Like they claim, like the sports psychologist claimed that he had, like, and he felt threatened. I don't know. Can you be that down the rabbit hole and not recognize that anyone else is there. Like, I feel like I that's guess hard. You could. I know. How do you say no? Uh, I mean, even, I guess I think his sentencing is right. Oh, I agree. I yeah, agree with I the th- sentencing. I, think I don't think you could prove premeditation. Agreed. As much as we might think it, there wasn't enough to prove it. Right. Right. I'd, I'm not sure that it was premeditated. I don't know if it was premeditated, but I feel like in even if it was in the moment, he should have looked for her. Like he I don't know he I just started shooting. Negligence. Yeah. Right. Like he didn't plan to kill her that night. No- well yeah. 
in my opinion, it doesn't seem like that he planned to kill her that night exactly. Interesting. There was a Lifetime movie made about this. I'll have to watch. Check it out. Check, check. Check, check, check out. out. So, guys, let us know what you think. Jump into the Facebook group. This is a good one for discussion. Um, also, you all better be thanking us for our two-year run. Here we go. Two years. We have made it. Happy anniversary, bitch. If you have not left us a review yet, what, what are, are you, you doing? What are you waiting for? It's been two fucking years. Do it. Share. Like. Thank subscribe. you. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. It just makes sense. Podcast on Another Instagram. Pie. You can follow me at uh, Sam Smith says. You can follow me at Jeff Seif on Twitter. One, One F, F. And Jeff. All right. Bye. Bye.